this is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 57 of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven, here as always with Mark Mack. Yeah, and I actually died this week and have been reincarnated in the body of a robot. Is that why you sound all crackly and um, high-pitched? That's what I'm going to go for, yeah. yeah. The truth is, I'm actually on FaceTime. Yeah, once again, the wonders of technology bringing us together for a podcast when we couldn't physically be at I'm not even going there, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's already getting homo erotic. Yeah. Uh, so, another mad week in the lives of uh, Evertonians. It, I knew it was going to be a mad week when I full time in the match at the weekend. I just stayed sitting in my chair thinking, have I actually just witnessed what has happened for the last two hours? You know, a 6-3 scoreline and Everton had Samuel Eto'o up front. I, I still don't think it actually happened. I think I dreamt it. No, obviously last week's podcast was dominated by Samuel Leto signing for Everton, um, and he featured against his old club on Saturday, the late kick-off again, and that's where we'll start off for the podcast. Uh, looking back at that game, uh, what a game it was. It was crazy, just utter craziness, and it was crazy from pretty much the first kick of the game. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Once again, news came out. Uh, Naismith kept his place. Uh, Lukaku played. Morales played. The only change was McGeadian for Pinar. So, uh, aligned back four so far. Uh, got another opportunity. Well, centre-backs really. Got an op- another opportunity to uh, right their wrongs. And um, <laughs> I can't say they took it. In fact, uh, I would say that the amount of malignment, if that's a word, uh, has uh, increased tenfold since this game. Um, let's face it, your, de- your defence are never really going to get any plaudits when you just ship six goals in a game, are they? No, I mean, but there's, I suppose there's ways of going about shipping six goals, and uh, <laughs> it wasn't the right way. You know, it was a lot of personal mistakes and um, bad judgment. And even the goals aside, uh, a lot of bad decisions and uh, just poor play. Yeah, I mean, and obviously the, the, the goals started very early in the game, as we suggested. Uh, it was 36 seconds for the first goal. Uh, not a single Everton player had touched the ball. There might have been some slight deflection off someone, possibly. Yeah, McGeady um, got a stud on it, and that was it. Right, OK. Um, the ball comes to Fabregas, uh, who, as usual, you know, Picks out a pass like he always does. Slots it through to Diego Costa, who's uh, in sort of Stevie Naismith form at the minute, you would say. Uh, and uh, one 0 up. Hold after on. After a terrible. Hold on, hold on. Diego Costa. It wasn't he out for six weeks. Yeah, he, he was injured, but he still managed to score twice fast. Everything. That's that's the Chelsea way. Yeah, that's a bit dodgy, that isn't it? But anyway. I tell you what, the amount of the amount of running he got through in this game, if that's him injured, 
I'd hate to see him on a day where he's fully fit. I know, yeah. So that I mean that first goal, great running, timed his run well, Jags stepped up to try and catch him offside. The first of many mistakes. Uh and a nice cool finish. Uh nutmegged Howard, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, and I, as always when you know, the home support, the Gladys Street end, we're all looking for an offside shout and everyone shouting offside. It was an offside, it was a good goal. Yeah, it was a good goal. I mean, Jag, as I said, Jags did his best to step up, but he stepped up late. I think this Dan turned around to, uh, to look at him like, what are you doing, kind of thing. Uh, I was saying to you, though, uh, on Saturday night, uh, after a few bevies, um, those uh, those top-class strikers, it's no mistake that they find that little slot in between the, in, in between the goalie's legs, is it? But it's, it's You see it all the time. Uh, it's just great finish. You took one touch to take it on and then just slotted. And um, Howard could do nothing about it, really. 36 seconds. Yeah, so 36 seconds in, obviously, we're all sort of sat there in our seats, uh, a bit gobsmacked. But you just think to yourself, well, you know, we haven't had a chance to switch on yet. We start playing the game, get a goal back, we'll come back into this. Um, two minutes in, <laughs> yeah, I mean this one again. Uh, I think Fabregas picked the ball up, and he um, he found Ramirez in a little bit of space. But it was just I say a little bit of space. It was about thirty yards of space, and he he, he managed uh, a pass through. Was it was a Costa, and it was a bit, but eventually anyway, if if it, it fell through to Ivanovic, who this time was offside marginally, um, and he finished. <laughs> With like a striker, to be honest, like he often does. I, I'm going to disagree with you there. I actually think Ivanovic was on. Costa was off, but he wasn't interfering with play. But it, I think if you look at the way Ivanovic is running away from goal as the ball gets played and then sort of turns back round, so it was very marginal, but I actually think he was on. Well, I mean, he looked like he was just off to me. When you see the light, you see the lines they showed, uh, but you know it wasn't I good. Think the, 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 the rule of the minute is, isn't it? Is it any part of the body that can score a goal? Is that what they do? That's offside. It's offside. Is can you score a goal with any part of the body apart from your hands? Well, yeah, I think your arms can't be offside. But I, I, I'm assuming I might be getting this completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's that's what the rule is. I haven't heard that new rule to be honest, but. Took advantage of it anyway and finished 2 0. Three minutes gone, 2 0 down. And, um, <laughs> yeah, shell shocked. You know, we were thinking about how are we going to keep it tight after conceding two in the last two games, shipping those two late goals to Arsenal, shut up the defence, start solid. And what, what happens? The exact opposite 3 0, uh, sorry, 2 0 down after three minutes. Yeah, and then bizarrely, for the next 40 minutes, it was a pretty mundane, normal game. When you look back, you forget about that. The, the, pretty much the rest of the first half was, was pretty boring and, and not particularly much happened. Well, we control the play again, which is mad because we're 2 0 down. Chelsea, uh, I, just, I thought that Chelsea were going to just park the bus just because Noah Mourinho in the past, 2 0 up away from home. You know, he wouldn't kind of... He'd have had that, wouldn't he? 
but it didn't seem to be the case. Chelsea were Chelsea were closing down quite well, uh, but not up top, not in, not in the defence. They were like they weren't really. So it was giving us a little bit of an opportunity to play, but they were kind of trying to get into us still, and um, it was it was quite it was end to end without producing, you know, a lot of clear cut chances. Although yeah, I mean I can't. Remember sitting here in, in the goddess thinking, you know, we're going to go three nil down here. I don't remember Chelsea having particularly any any other great chances. They had Actually, that. We were controlling the play. They had that one chance, didn't they, where Costa got put through again, uh, knocked the ball around Howard, uh, and hit the post, but he was flagged offside wrongly this time, uh, but he missed anyway. So we were lucky there. Uh, I suppose the other incident of note, well, two of them really. Uh, I can't remember what order they were in, but uh, Tim Howard was very lucky to not see red. Uh, when Hazard, oh, of course, yeah, there was that. Yeah. When ha- uh, Hazard was running through, um, and he, I thought, you know, he looked far too cool running out and just catching that ball, but replays show that he caught the ball and then dropped backwards into the box just on the line. So he must have been outside the box. Um, and, you know, we, we don't get any signal at the match, so it would be nice to go through and check Sky Sports, the commentary, whatever. But it kind of filters down from people in front. People get texting that saying, yeah, he was well outside his area, should have been sent off. So we were lucky in that sense. We were unlucky again just a little bit after that um, when corner comes in. Lukaku, free header, rattles the crossbar, drops down, hits Sylvan Distan's knee, and then he follows it in and puts it in from a yard. Um, but he was he was offside behind the last defender when Lukaku made contact. I was wondering with this when I saw the replay, uh, if he hadn't followed that in, if it had just kind of trickled in off his knee, would the linesman have got onto it? Because I don't think the flag went up straight away. It was only when he was following, you know what I mean? We might have got, a sneak, got away with one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, stay... Well, I, I can't make any... Sorry, I can't make any comments on this whatsoever because I haven't got a clue what happened because I was celebrating Lukaku's header thinking that had gone in. Well, we should and have been. We, we should have been. Really? The, the Gladys mad and then realised it had been disallowed and was trying to find out why the header had been disallowed not knowing that it would even come back out or that this standard bundled it across the line yeah it should, well he shouldn't have he should have buried it shouldn't he Lukaku really think, when you think of it but um, it wasn't to be but uh, another fella came up with it with uh, with his heads uh, a little bit later yeah I'm, I'm probably one you wouldn't really expect to score a header of this quality uh, you know it, it was a a break in midfield, basically. A nice, tidy play from McGeady. Uh, put it out on the right wing to, to our Seamus. Uh, and Seamus fired you know, one of his uh, trademark pinpoint crosses over. Uh, and right onto the, uh, the, the waxed hair of uh, Morales, who uh, found the corner and a great a great goal. It was a great goal, that, wasn't it? And it was about, you know, it was a, from a good 12 yards or so, wasn't it? It wasn't like a little, you know... It wasn't like a bullet header from a few yards out. It was like a glanced placed header from about 12 yards out. So, good work from Mel. I can't remember ever seeing him head the ball before. No, I don't, neither can I. It was the type of header you would... It was Timmy Kale-esque, I would say, uh, the, the header. 
and certainly not a, a Morales type goal. No, but as as they say, just before half time, and then it gives the manager something to talk about and uh, maybe change the team talk a little bit. Cliche, cliche, but uh, it's true, isn't it? You know, shows that we put a bit of fight in there. Cliche doesn't play for Everton or Chelsea. No, no, I can't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but two one, we go in half time. No changes at half time. Come out with the same start in eleven. Uh, shortly after the break, we find ourselves three one down. I say shortly after. I mean, it was it was the start of a mad spell, wasn't it? Where it was there was a lot of goals in the space of ten minutes. Uh, yeah, it was 20 minutes, it was the 66 minute, so yeah. there was another 20 minute spell, eh? you know, your memory plays tricks on you, doesn't it, and you think the whole game was like crazy games, but there was 40 minutes in the first half where not much happened, uh, and there was 20 minutes in the second half where not much happened. Well, I mean, you could say comparatively to other matches, not much happened, I mean, I mean, sorry, not much happened in comparison within the game, but other matches would kill for action like that first 40, the, the last oh, one. Yeah, and in reality, five of those goals, five out of those nine goals, came in ten minutes, didn't they? Um, the first of which went to uh, Chelsea, and it was where we were caught out against Arsenal last week. Um, coming in from that left hand side, I just I don't think McCarthy was tight enough, and then Coleman's come across the cover, but Hazard has just whizzed past him, and and we saw it. You know, it's down the other end from us. We saw this just. Amazing burst of pace, surging it into the box. Didn't know how it ended up going in, but I saw the highlights and um, you know it went down to a Seamus Coleman own goal. Completely wrong footed Tim Howard from the angle. Just one of yeah, those. I actually think you know James McCarthy was because he was like trying to get back so much. I think he he got sort of left a little bit flat footed, and that's why you know when Hazard knocks the ball past him, it looks like he just completely goes past him. But I just think you know. McCarthy was a little bit off balance, couldn't go with him, uh, and then obviously Hazard tries to pull a ball across, and uh, you know Seamus doesn't do anything wrong. He's just unlucky, and it just catches him on the bottom of the boot. And you know, had it gone probably an inch either way from where it actually ended, either Howard would have probably stopped it, or it would have hit the post. It just squeezed in on the near post. With that goal, did you know? That we are now the team with the most own goals ever in the Premier League. I did not know that. Right, it's a bit of stato there for you. Um, it's not a good stat to have those. <laughs> so, have we actually now got more as a team than Jamie Carragher did? Just by a bit, I think. Because he, right, okay. he was right up there. Um, so, not a good stat to have, but 3 2. Sorry, 3-1. And um, I can't remember the order of the next two goals. <laughs> I know that... Well, um, well, well what, we, what we do need to talk about is obviously after that goal went in, uh, there was absolute chaos because, uh, you know, Diego Costa decided to, to give a little bit of stick, I think, to uh, Seamus Coleman after scoring the own goal. Uh, and, and it went crazy. And Tim Howard started button people. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was then. I was trying to think when that was. Um, because you try and put these highlights together in your head, 
even after seeing the highlights, and it's just the order. Um, but th- there was a little bit of a there was a little bit of a Barney, wasn't there? Where uh, Chelsea had a throw in before this, and uh, Coleman was pushing up tight on Costa, and Cos- Costa was, wasn't fancying it at all. Kept just trying to nudge Coleman off. Coleman kept pushing up back tight again, and then um, eventually Costa pushed him, and uh, the ref came over, warned him. And then he did exactly the same thing again after being warned right in front of the referee. Uh, so the referee uh, showed him a yellow. So there must have been a bit, little bit of bad blood there after that. And then he goes and pulls a silly face at uh, Coleman when he knocks in the Oggy. How childish. Yeah, I think it's one of them, isn't it? It's one of those where a world-class player and a young upstart sort of clash together. Obviously, Coleman's the world-class player. Yeah. And Costa, the young upstart, so who's just landed in this league and obviously doesn't know where he stands in the pecking order, which is, you know, quite a way below Seamus Coleman. So, uh, yeah, you know, petulance from Costa, uh, and then it all goes a bit mad. And for some reason, Tim Howard decides to throw the beard in the face of uh, Aspilicueta. Well, that... I think, uh, first of all, uh, Costa just going up to Coleman going, ah, right in his face. So Howard sees red, runs over to Costa, tells him that's not how you behave in the Premier League. Uh, And, you know, well, it's not a very classy thing to do. And then there's a bit of a melee. And then Aspie, I I said his name right last week, but I can't can't remember this week. (laughs) You struggle with that name on any other, don't you? Yeah, I don't know why. Um, and I do find that one difficult. Aspilicueta, Aspi- Aspilicueta, yeah, that's it. Aspilicueta uh, decides he wants some of Tim right in front of the referee again, and Tim Howard goes uh, nuts, literally. What was I, I don't know. Very, very. No, no, no. He wasn't headbutting him. He no. was giving him a feel of the beard. Oh yeah, fair enough. But that, that's what he was doing. In so other games. You know, in other games without this standard of referees, which was mad, uh, he would have been off again, wouldn't he? He would have already been Definitely, off. Yeah, yeah. He, he would... without a doubt. So uh, you could say that he, he dodged two red cards really with the handball outside the box and then, you know, his, his head button antics. Um, so yeah, the Blues are a three-one down, but um, that only lasted for two minutes. Yeah, so uh, McGeady, he didn't really do much McGeady apart from the initial ball into Coleman for the last goal. And then he had a little uh, little Maisie run uh, for this goal. Superb little pass into Naismith, which he was freed by uh, Lukaku, cut inside, took defenders with him. Naismith found himself on his own, great first touch. And instead of wrapping his left foot around it like many a striker would, Great composed finish, wasn't it? With 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 his right foot, just little toe poke, and um, he's just show he shows again. He's probably the best finisher we've got at the moment. Yeah, well, obviously three and three. Um, do, do you think whoever was you know using the controllers for this game both liked the little through ball on triangle, didn't he? Because there were quite a few goals and nice little through balls, yeah. and, and McGeady's in particular was a lovely sort of FIFA esque. Little ball, striker runs on, bang, right in the bottom of the of the goal, and uh, a great finish, as you say, by by Stephen A. Smith. I feel I feel bad saying this, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm echoing the the, the thoughts of a lot of Evertonians saying that McGeady didn't have a good game at all, but he played a huge part in two of our goals. 
So, what do you want from a winger? I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? No, that, that, that's fair enough. And, you know, no matter how much you criticise him, I think he had a better game than Lukaku, who was pretty non-existent for the game, really. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, 3-2 at that point. Everton back in the game. You know, again, the, the atmosphere gets going. The, the Gladys Street get going. We all think, you know, there's a, there's a fight on here. We're back in this. Just before, uh, five minutes later. Just before you go on there, though, that, that move saw uh, McGeady's last participation in the game, and that's when Etu came on, wasn't it? And then Chelsea... Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. I think Etu came on just before they uh, they scored their, their goal, didn't he? Just before Matic popped up in the 73rd minute. Uh, you know, Chelsea broke again. Matic hit a shot from distance. And from where we were sat down the other end, it just looked like it was a bit of a worldie that just flew in by the post. Uh, and looking back on the highlights... Uh, it looks like it took a little bit of a deflection off Jags, which uh, wrong-footed Howard. Uh, just seeing it, though, uh, I mean, he just should have been closed down a, a lot sooner. Uh, and it's... It was one of them. It did take a nick off the defender, and, it, you know, it, uh, Howard was wrong-footed. I, I don't see where the criticism would lie there with Howard, but a few people have had a go. Uh, but, you know, 4-2 down then. And uh, just mad one. Every time we seem to fight back, they go back up the other end and uh, score again, don't they? Well, that was it. And I mean, in a match that was filled with crazy occurrences, um, the craziness continued with both Everton substitutes having, you know, two very memorable first touches, um, two polar opposite first touches as well. And as you mentioned there, Eto had come on. Uh, he'd done a little bit of running around, but not really got a touch of the ball. Uh, until the 75th minute when uh, Everton got a, a free kick uh, outside the box uh, a great ball in great free kick in from Bainsey uh, finds Samuel Eto'o's head who scores a, a, another great header with his, with his very first touch and an Everton shirt and uh, it flies in the uh, the post it was like it was probably about from about 15 yards out but he killed it he took the spin of the ball and then directed it Inside the the post, behind, like giving the goalie no chance, it was just an amazing finish. At first, you know, I thought maybe he's tried to knock that on because Naismith was very close to getting his head on it. But the way the ball bent into the post, I actually did think Naismith had got a touch and exactly. just deflected in. I thought it was Naismith's goal. Exactly, yeah, but it wasn't. It was just a perfect header, uh, like curled header. So. And he, he runs down into the uh, straight into the Gladys, grabs the ball from the net, and um, straight up down on the centre spot. We're back in it, four three. Four three, fifteen minutes to go. Gladys goes crazy again. Got a new hero, Samueletto, uh, and then uh, you know again you sat there thinking we can do this. You know we can get something out of this game. Um, and unfortunately, uh, our hopes got dashed from there on in. Yeah, because uh, obviously, you know, Ramirez got the ball off Matic uh, and managed to toe poke one past uh, Tim Howard. It wasn't exactly, you know, a, a nice football goal. It was a bit scruffy, but, uh, you know, he, the Blues again a little bit more poor defending. This one was, uh, this one was again, was a frustrating one because it was a ball knocked up to Lukaku, I think this one was. And he lost the ball, a bit of poor control. And then, uh, as you say, ended up with Matic. Nice little bit of interplay. 
nobody really followed Ramirez, got in behind Baines, uh, and Howard comes out, and he just he does just tow you in the far corner, doesn't he? Like, Howard again, not really much of a chance, you know, if it had gone in near post, you'd probably criticise him, but he just towed it, it was, you know... Yeah, so Ramirez gets in, does his stupid little dance, and um, Blues 5-3 down. Yeah, um, and then, you know, we're struggling then to get back in the game with 10 minutes to go. Great, hold uh, on, we, we, we did have a good opportunity though, didn't we, Where with the, that great bit of interplay between Coleman, Etu, Coleman again, and he whipped the ball into Morales, and he, that volley, that would have been goal of the season if that had gone in, but, but yeah. amazing save. Uh, and by teabag, as you call them. Yeah, that, that was the most witty thing I could think to call them. Um, but yeah, it was a great save. You can see why he's keeping check out, can't you? Know, with uh, reflexes like that, because it was a uh, you know a great attempt by Morales. So. so sorry, uh, that was that was uh, the final bit before you uh, you were just going on then. Yeah, I mean you know Everton rolled the dice one last time on came. You know, what everybody is seeing as our big hope for the future, which is Mohamed Besic. Uh, and like we said with Eto before, it was another telling first touch from, from Mo. Uh, and it wasn't exactly the same as Eto's. Uh, the ball got played to in the centre of the park. He looked like he was trying to do some sort of flicked back heel back to either Distan or Jagielka just to knock it back to one of the centre backs. Didn't get enough on it. Played it into no man's land. Uh, Diego Costa says thank you very much takes the ball on uh, and slots it past Howard 6-3 Do you know with this goal though I, I, I obviously bad mistake by Besic his head and his hands straight away but I Costa still had a lot to do there you know I thought he just played Costa right in but the defence was still behind it there was still an opportunity to defend there Jags falls over Um Costa goes around to the left, his left, and then Distan comes sliding across. Costa just holds on to the ball, goes on a little bit more, and then slots it past Tim Howard. Uh, there was a lot more opportunity to stop that going in, and we, we you know, we, we hardly put up a chance, uh, an effort there. For a fellow who's, as we said before, meant to be out for six weeks, he had the legs on both of them. Oh, we did, you know. I, I, I'm going to hold my hand up and when Costa came to the Premier League you know obviously he had a great season at Atletico last year but I sort of had the feeling he was going to be one of these players who you know sometimes just have a, a bit of a worldy season uh, you know and obviously Atletico played above expectations last season so I was thinking you know maybe he might come and be a bit of a, a bit of a flop because Chelsea do have a habit don't be buying strikers who then you know don't really fulfil what they've done before this lad looks you know Unbelievable! I mean, he's got the potential to be one of the best centre forwards the Premier League's ever seen. Not not only for his, his finishing, which is obviously great, but the the amount of running and the amount of work he put in, constantly closing down. You know, Distan, Jagielka, uh, whichever one of the central midfielders of ours was dropping back in. Uh, the lads ran the socks out, and, and consider, as you say, consider he's meant to be out for six weeks. Uh, great performance. I mean, overall, he was probably you know man of the match. Yeah, he was getting back. Somebody compared him on our page to uh, Suarez. Not skill-wise, but the fact that he's snidey and he winds people up and he doesn't care about He doesn't care. 
he's not bothered. He's got no remorse about it. He'll keep winding people up, and then he'll put the but he'll put the goals in. He's just not bothered. I think he had the snidiness of Suarez, uh, the running of Dennis Stakulasi, <laughs> and the finishing of Shearer. Yeah. So it's not a bad combination, that. Yeah. So uh, six three finishes, uh, and we all left the ground kind of like it was difficult to be that disappointed because it was an amazing game. Obviously, we were gutted that we lost, but it was just one of those you, you just don't see games like that, do you? Well, no, because we, we I, I think I was saying to you, when was the last time we saw nine goals in a game at Goodison? We couldn't remember one because there was obviously you know the closest we could think of to this game was when we got hammered by Arsenal first game of the season and the, the you know the Jolie and Lescott game a few seasons ago and, and that was completely different because that was just a terrible performance by Everton and we got absolutely mullered that never happened in this game at no point did we absolutely get battered by Chelsea did we? No some of the goals were due to mistakes uh, and we just really although it's 6-3 it could have been 4-3 you know it was just you know it could have been 4 all. Could have been five all, you know. It was just one of those games which we just completely we battled hard. We scored some good goals, um, and you couldn't really fault the effort of a lot of the team. It was just poor performance, poor uh, mistakes which cost us. So I mean, there was a lot of backlash afterwards, but um, you know, I think we, we we were just kind of like the atmosphere and players afterwards, wasn't it? It was like a, it was like. You know, we, we still loved Everton. It wasn't like you, you get beaten and you go, ah, I fucking hate Everton. <laughs> and then next... I just, just dropped the F-bomb there. We're going to have to keep our explicit rating for another week now. Well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was, as, as you say, you know, in, in the pub after the game, the atmosphere was still up. The atmosphere in the ground was great. And I think if you're looking for, you know, a way of judging Everton's performance, um, I, you know, I've seen a quote since the game now, whether this is genuine or not, I can't say. I definitely know because I've just seen it in print. I've not heard them say it, but apparently Jose Mourinho came out after the game and said, "This was the best game of football I've ever been involved in." Uh, you know, all credit to Everton. They matched us in a lot of areas today, and Everton are now the best side on Merseyside. Yeah. Well, it's now, out. whether that's just Jose having one of his little veiled digs at Liverpool. Or whether this is just one of these made-up quotes that people put on Facebook to wind up the cop I don't know. But if that's a genuine quote, that, that, that's high praise, isn't it? Yeah, something, somebody else has come out and said something throughout this game. Uh, Graham Paul, apparently the, the, that knobhead referee who disallowed that goal from Hutchinson years ago and booked uh, a player three times in the World Cup, um, he came out and said it was the worst referee game, officiated game by all three officials he's ever seen so the ref was rubbish the liners were rubbish probably the fourth official was rubbish everybody was rubbish there was reds there was disallowed goals there was bookings that should have happened um yeah it was just and it made for entertainment i suppose yeah i mean graham paul's one of these people who just says things to try and stay in the media he's a professional wannabe famous person isn't he i mean in all honesty, you know, there was decisions that went for and against both teams in the game. I don't think either team can say the ref helped us or the ref worked against us. Uh, it, you know, it was one of them and it did make for an 
entertaining game. And in all honesty, when a game's played at that pace and with that much going on, they're bound to miss decisions, the officials, aren't they? Well, not that many. Um, what I will add on this best worst, that is possibly, in fact, probably the worst defended game I've ever seen, particularly from Everton. Uh, just the yeah. dis- decisions that were made, the, t- the non-tackles that went in, the silly, you know, bad touches that gave the ball away that led to goals and silly showboat attempts that led to goals. Um I just, you know, at least that Arsenal game a few years ago, they just did roll us over. You know, there were a few, there was like one or two mistakes, but they rolled us over with an amazing performance. This one with just terrible defence. Um, so, yeah. so, we now find ourselves lingering around the relegation places in the Premier League. Uh, we played three, we've got two points, uh, we've scored four. Uh, and we've conceded ten. Scored? No, we've conceded, sorry, scored. Sorry, scored seven and conceded ten. I know it's just crazy, crazy. Any, uh, yeah. So we we have you know the past few weeks we resolved to try and get these match reviews down because everyone's seen the game. But how can you not talk about this game? It's unbelievable. So we'll try and wrap it up now. And uh, who is your man of the match, Mark? Um, for Everton. Now, yeah, I mean, I thought James McCarthy did well again, although you could say he's a little bit suspect probably for at least one of the goals. Um, Lukaku was awful. McGeady obviously set up a couple of goals. I thought Morales, you know, worked his socks off, but I'd have to give it to Stevie Naismith again. He was the three games on the row, scored in all three and has been brilliant in all three. The lad never stops running. Uh, and yeah, I think Naismith for me. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I thought Coleman did well. I thought Morales had his best best game there for ages. Just wanted to get involved with everything. Got a good goal, but Naismith just you want a team of Naismith, don't you? <laughs> Unbelievable. So we'll leave the Chelsea game there. Thirty-five minutes in, and uh, we'll uh, have a little break and come back with all the Everton news of the week. Right, a lot of news again for Everton this week, but we'll just start off with some sensible stuff, um, unlike us, you know. Uh, international break, 10 Blues get the call up, uh, Baines, Jackson, Stones for England, Coleman, McCarthy, McGeady and Gibson for Ireland, Lukaku and Morales for Belgium, although Lukaku has now been sent home from the squad, and his younger brother, Jordan, has been called up. That's mad, isn't it? Apparently Jordan's a defender as well. I think maybe we should be getting him on the phone at the minute. Yeah, tap him up. Um, uh, Naismith for Scotland and Besic for Bosnia and Herzegovina. So, nine players, you know. So, we just want the usual, don't we? We don't want players coming back injured. This is a good opportunity, this little break to sort our defence out. And the biggest culprit is uh, possibly getting more bad habits away with England, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, it's funny, isn't it? You know, how poor Everton are defensively at the minute, or, you know, temporarily, hopefully. 
Um, and yet, three Everton defenders get called into the England squad. I think it probably shows, you know, just how thin that England squad is at the minute. Uh, you know, they've lost the likes of Lampard and, and, and Slippy, uh, and they've replaced them two with, uh, you know, Fabian Delphert and Jack Colback. So uh, it's not the greatest of England squads on paper when you look at it, is it? I mean, it's not the greatest of England squads on grass either, <laughs> when you think of it. Yeah, true, yeah. I mean, as much as... Uh, just, Go on. Yeah, just uh, just quickly wanted, you know, just a, a little bit of breaking news. Now we're recording this on Tuesday evening this week, so a bit earlier than usual, and Republic of Ireland are, are due to play tomorrow night. Uh, and it looks as if, from what we can tell, that Darren Gibson's going to start the game for the Republic tomorrow night against... Oh man, in a friendly. Oh, I thought it said Osman. I thought it was eleven against just Osman on his own. Osman would probably win that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, it'd be good to see Gibbo to get get another little run out and um, you know start pushing. A lot of people saying that uh, well, Barry Barry might look a little bit tired. So a little bit of composition uh, competition there for places. Um, what I was just going to say there though is uh, Delph and Culver. You know, as much as we hated Lampard for scoring passes all the time and hated Gerrard because he's a dirty, horrible red shite, Colbeck and Delph, um, is is that the best this country has to offer? You know, I think a lot's been made out of this, hasn't it? You know, obviously at the minute, one of them wouldn't have been in the squad because Barkley would have been in the squad for a start. So, you know... And I don't think either of them are probably going to be anywhere near the, the, the first team in, in, in qualifiers at the moment. They're both decent players. I mean, I, you know, I sort of would have quite liked Devon to pick Colbeck up over the summer in the free. I think he's a good, tidy footballer, you know, good utility man. Uh, Fabian Delph is, is starting to look, look decent for Villa. So for Villa? Both... For Villa? Yeah, but Villa, you know, Villa are looking... Decent this season, aren't they? They've been better than Everton so far. You can't, you, you know, you you got to hold your hand up and give credit where it's due. I mean, Have some they? of the names at the minute, some of the names at the minute that are being shouted for England calls. I mean, apparently West Ham fans are going mad because Mark Noble's not on the squad. I heard something about Lee Catamole being on the fringes as well. Is that right? Well, I'm surprised that Jack Rodwell's not been called up after two games for Sunderland. Hey, he's probably knocking on the door there, you know. Um, about the international break, uh, Roberto has come out and said that he wants to use this international break to get some of the players fit, back to full uh, full fitness, including Samuel Eto'o. And um, I, I, I thought he did look a little... Obviously, he made a big impact on Saturday. Uh, I thought he did look a little bit rusty, though. Some of the things he was trying, you could see that the vision was there, but his legs were struggling a little bit to catch up. That's not saying he had a bad performance because he was great. Uh, just, just think with that little bit of extra sharpness, he's going to be a worldie for us, isn't he? Yeah, well, you know, I'm hoping by you know the the next game West Brom that you know two weeks down the line, obviously both Lukaku and Eto will, will have a bit more sharpness and, and, and be fitter. So, uh, you know, I don't really, I, I hate these international breaks. We've talked about this many times on the podcast before. I particularly hate this one that comes like two weeks, three weeks into the season, just as you're really getting into it. Um, but uh, I think it's probably come at, at 
fairly good time for Everton as long as we don't lose any other players anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we just can't afford to pick up any injuries at the moment with the with all the other with the fixtures building up from now. The cup competitions are starting, uh, so. Uh, I think by the time this breaks over as well, I think Oviedo will be virtually back as well. So there's another face as well. Yeah, uh, Kone could be. Uh, you know, Kone's going to be a couple of, couple of weeks closer to uh, the first team squad as well. So it is it is one of those. I do agree. It has come at a good time for us where we can kind of collect our thoughts and uh, whip the defenders into shape. So. Do you think at any point this season we'll ever play 4-4-2 with Kone and Eto'o up front? No. Because I've got a song for that. Go on then. We've got Kone and Eto'o, give them to me. What do you reckon? Uh, I think it's not going to catch on. Nice, no, okay. Um. So, the other big news, the, the big event... You know, this it's like what, counting down to Christmas, isn't it? Hashtag Jim White Day. Yesterday. And, um, is that what, it's, that what it's called now? Jim White Day, is it? Jim White Day, Transfer Deadline Day. S, hashtag SSN Deadline Day. Um, anyway, the transfer uh, window was closing at 11pm last night, Monday night. Uh, the 1st of As September. As an Evertonian, it was a very, very disappointing day. And it was a very disappointing day because at five o'clock, Kirsty Gallagher started their presenting shift and wore a bright red dress. Ah, uh, no, Kirsty, that's just a no-no. She's let herself down there, gone right off her now. Um, but you know, it's always, always exciting, particularly for for Blues. And in, in in the past years, we've either had players. In in whirlwinds uh, transfers or out last minute and had to rush round and get some no mark in to replace them. Uh, and the, the, throughout the day, there were one or two rumours like uh, Ryan Shawcross and Danny Welbeck. Uh, and in the end, uh, not much really happened, did it? The only thing that really happened was we can pretty much put every single transfer rumour that we talked about on this podcast over the summer to bed finally because I mean you know pretty much every player that we were linked with really had a move didn't he so there must have been some truth in the fact that Everton were, were possibly looking at the possibility of, of bringing them to the club because they were all players who, who were available basically the one the one there that we were linked with throughout the day who looked like a real possibility was uh, Tom Cleverley who turned down apparently, and you know this is this is apparently what happened. Turned down an eight million pound move to Villa, um, thinking that he could get a better move to Everton, and we were trying to thrash out a deal, a loan deal, for him. Uh, I don't know whether United rejected a loan fee or whether the wage demands couldn't be met. Uh, I think I think the I think the, the loan fee it was a five million pound loan fee, wasn't it? That what? was quoted, and that's where we said. No thanks. Well, I can understand that because uh, his contract's up in the summer, isn't it? So, if you know, would have been very much like that Gareth Barry deal. We would have signed him on a loan, and he would have been on a free. And the chances are, he would have, you know, signed permanently. So, I can kind of understand that. But um, 
do you, do you think he'll come in the summer? Because I, I think there's a good chance. I take it you've not seen the news today, then? No, I haven't. Not on that. He's got to be late. Has it gone through? Yeah, it, it got, he got some special dispensation to allow it to go through late. He's, uh, he's, gone, he's gone to Billing on loan today. They obviously decided to pay the, uh, the £5 million loan fee. So it's, yeah, it's done deal. He's a Villa player. Right, well, he'll still be, still be on a free in the summer, so do you think we'll get him? Uh, well, I think he'll probably just sign for Villa, won't he? I can imagine, like... Possibly, I, I mean... Probably part of, I think probably part of paying the £5 million fee will be that they've got the option to sign him, I would have thought. Well, I mean, if he's on a free, he's got the option to knock them back, though, hasn't he? So. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so there's, there's one. So, Tom Cleverley has gone to Villa... Uh, let's see who else have we been linked to it. Um, Hold on, just, Richards. When? Yeah, before before the transfer deadline, uh, Duffy was linked with the move to Blackburn, which was confirmed. Then uh, Remy moved to Chelsea at the weekend, so there there was two. Hallam Hope went out to Sheffield, which wasn't really one of the ones that was uh, talked about, but the ones that we were linked with, yeah, just an amazing list, wasn't it? It was one. Who did you say? Richards? Yeah, Mecca Richards. Obviously, we were heavily linked with him. He went to Fiorentina. Yes. Um, Hatton Ben Arthur, who we were linked to it, went to Hull late on. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Javier Hernandez, who, who I was hoping we would sign, who you said uh, it was rubbish and we shouldn't sign. He went to that small club in Spain, Real Madrid. Oh, so, so, so he's gone from one club? Sitting on the bench to go and sit on a be- the bench in, in Madrid. Nice one. Twenty goals for Real Madrid this season. Yeah, you, yeah, you did it here first. Yeah. Um, one of his strike partners at Man United, Danny Welbeck. Obviously, you know, Everton have been linked with him. Uh, he's been linked with a number of clubs. You know, Newcastle, Tottenham, Sunderland. Bizarrely, out of the blue, a few hours before the end of the window, uh, he goes and signs for Arsenal in a deal. I think that was about fifteen million pounds. Yeah, the, uh, but the big the big shocker to me was um, a player that we've been linked with, and you know news came out last week that this fellow was on his way to Finch Farm to sign uh, sign up a loan deal from Atletico, and I thought, why the hell would Atletico let this fella, who was like you know one of the most sought after defenders in Europe, sign for a club in you know club on loan, and then. He goes and signs for Southampton on loan to be either world. I'm hoping that's how you say his name. <laughs> it's Alderweireld, yeah, apparently. I... Uh, you know, I, I see what you're saying about being, you know, a source after defender. He's a Belgian international. Uh, you know, obviously they're, they're very stylish to have at the moment. But uh, you know, he, he was on the bench the majority of last season for Atletico. Mean, he's not. He wasn't first choice there. He, you know, he, came in the Champions League final obviously because they had injuries so um, I think they're just looking for them to go out and get a bit more experience while they've got the likes of Godin and stuff at the back so uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the, in, in the Premier League with Southampton I think we, we we haven't half missed the boat on that one though if, if he was available on that loan you know I mean they might have had to pay at a ridiculous fee but you know we let Duffy go out there's a spot there. No matter how our defence is doing, we, we've let with a man down. Yeah, but you know, I think at this point Everton should really be bringing players in who are better than what they've already got. And 
when it comes to centre halves, as much as you want to, you know, throw blame at them at the minute, there's not many out there that are better than what than what we've got. So, but you know, it's just buying people for the sake of buying people, just to shut up a few moaners on Facebook. But the the, the problem was though, we've let Duffy go out, and this but felt Duffy. Duffy was never really is never played for the first team. In all honesty, you know. You're not really losing a first-team player because he's never been in the reckoning. He's fifth out of all the centre-backs, maybe sixth. So I, I, I'm not having that. I'm not having that that we've lost like a, a centre-half and not replaced him because we didn't have him all last season. He's never really played prior to that. So have we lost a player, really? Well, that's just been numbers-wise. So, you know, if this fella's available to, on loan... Maybe he just required more of a guarantee that he'd get a game, and you know he's not likely to get a game up above uh, Jags and um, Stones and Distan. One that we finally did conclude in one of the most bizarre transfers I've ever heard. Uh, a fella who's been with us for five weeks or so as part of our setup. Uh, we we signed him on loan for the season, but not before he signed for Olympiacos on a permanent deal. What was that all about? I, I I really don't know what was going on with this. We obviously talked about David Hennon. Uh, he's, he was an Anderlecht player. Uh, you know, he's been training with Everton with Anderlecht's permission for, you know, five or six weeks. Uh, Anderlecht wanted some sort of fee for him. I think it was one and a half million or two million for him to, to, to come to Everton. Uh, somehow he, he's managed to get himself out of his contract. So you were then expecting just to come over to Everton and, and, and sign for us, but now Olympiacos have bought him and loaned him to Everton. It's bizarre. I suppose, I mean, if he was good enough, you know, if Roberto had seen that spark in him straight away, I think he would. there would have been no haggling over any fee or whatever. I think he would have just done the deal. So I think this is just a little bit of a... You know, if we're dithering, we're not willing to make that commitment. He finds himself another club. They're not completely... They might have a little bit more money available than us. So, willing to take a chance on him. Loan him back to Everton. I think if he's good enough this season, a deal will still happen. But it's a bit of a... I don't know. It's a funny one, isn't it? see it as a way of making a bit of a profit so they must think that he's good enough and they must think that you know we or somebody else will buy him next year for more than what they paid for him and if they have paid a reported three million then you know maybe we'll have to pay three or four or five million next season to get him so it doesn't really make sense from an Everton point of view looking at it that way but you know it's done and that was our uh, one player of transfer deadline day that we managed to get in, and we actually didn't have to get him till today. Basically, it was after the, the yeah. deadline at eleven. Well, the I think the paperwork, the the initial paperwork was completed. Do you know what I like in that deal too? And I'm going to be a complete geek now, and I don't even care. Do you know when you're looking for the domain name or your web website people like myself? Uh, you go looking for the website, and you know if you're in a big band and you're Oasis, and you go and try and get Oasis.com. And then, just as you're signing your first contract, some snag gets in there and gets Oasis.com before you and pays the two ninety nine a year on GoDaddy or whatever. I, 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 I hope I haven't lost anyone yet. And then Oasis go, ah, we wanted that. 
And then this fella gets in touch and says, right, you can have that, but you'll have to give me five grand for it. I think that's what Olympiacos have done. Knew that we wanted it and thought, right, I'm going to get these here by the short and curlies because if he's good for them, they'll have to sign him over the odds. That work for you? <laughs> I've lost everyone. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you've got to have a look at what David Hennon's involvement is in that, though. You'd think if he wanted to, if he'd enjoyed his time at Everton already and then wanted to sign for Everton, he, he would have just said, now what, you know what, Everton, the, the club for me, and I want, I want to go there. So, but if there was no yeah, deal, yeah, if there was no... Were, if there was no deal on, on the table, you know, he might have been thinking, you know, it's getting towards 11 o'clock, no deals on the table. Olympiacos come in with an offer and then suddenly oh, it's too late for Everton to do, so they try and thrash out this loan deal. So, I don't know. If he was good enough, he would have been signed up long before anyway. Deadline day this week. Uh, it's also been a very important weekend in, in seeing how the rest of the season's going to shape up for Everton with uh, a number of draws being made. And, and obviously, the first one was uh, the League Cup draw, uh, which was last week after we recorded the podcast. Uh, I, you know, Everton probably didn't get the draw they were hoping for, I would say. You know, it's a, it's a, a way to another Premier League club. Uh, we've been drawn against Swansea at the Liberty Stadium. We've got to be, I mean, coming into this competition late with the teams that have gone out already, and if we can get past Swansea, there's only about four or five games left to do. We've got to be looking to do well in this competition. Get it out of the way, get it in the bag, try and win it by February. Get us back into Europe, guaranteed for next year. Get some silverware. I don't know, we've got to be, haven't we? But no one Everton, we'll put bloody... Joel in goal, play Alcaraz in uh, in the back one on his own, <laughs> and then um, throw the kids in. Tell Besser he's allowed to back heel it as much as he wants. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's frustrating because you know it's going to happen, and you can laugh about it, but you know that's what's going to happen, isn't it? Unfortunately, it was another one of those draws. Did the League Cup draw where? Both Evan and Liverpool were still in the hat with about like six or seven balls to go, and it always seems to happen. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, we're going to get Liverpool, we're going to get Liverpool, and then Liverpool always get some piss easy draw, and we end up with a bit of a stinker. Swansea, though, I mean, I think they're one of the clubs that we've done uh, better against throughout history. I don't think they'd ever beat us. No, no, I mean, it, you know, it's a, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's a game to be fearful of. Uh, it, it's a very winnable game, but you know, I suppose it being particularly at the Liberty, it's also a, you know, it wouldn't be a shock if we lost type game. You know, it's a game that we're going to have to go into uh, and play well probably to win. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that that's the League Cup, and then uh, obviously the draw bandwagon rolled on to, to Friday in Monaco uh, for the Europa League draw. Yeah, it's a mad one this one because I. <laughs> I'm sure, like many of you, were in work trying to catch it on somewhere, get a telly or something. I was in work with my iPhone, uh, with this Skyfire app, because it plays Flash Video, on WYSIWYG, on, uh, on Eurosport 2. But it had to be on silent, because I was in work, trying to follow what the hell was going on with that draw. <laughs> but, um, and again, we didn't get the easiest of draws, did we? Let's face it. 
we've got uh, out of pot one, uh, we got uh, Leo from France. Um, you know, there was a lot worse to get in pot one. In pot you know, one, yeah. Like to, yeah. <laughs> the likes of Inter Milan and, you know, a few other good teams out there. Um, we, then we got out of pot two, we got Wolfsburg. Again, there was a lot worse to get in pot two. So, but they're uh, a good side, know, though. Good side, though, Wolfsburg. They are a good side. You know, Leela are a decent side. Wolfsburg are a decent side, so... You know, they should be good games. Uh, and then after pot four, uh, we got uh, Krasnodar. Krasnodar. And I, yeah, and I think somebody on our Facebook page asked me, uh, are they not a Quidditch team from Harry Potter? Um, it could well be, yeah. Um, so I just hope our players... I think he was getting get mixed up with Gryffindor at the time. But... All right. I just hope our players aren't flapping around after the golden snitch like they were on uh, Saturday. Yeah, so, um, you know, Lille should be a good game in France. I think they finished possibly fifth in France last year. Um, good away trip for the Blues, you know, just uh, over the the Ferry Cross and about an hour away from Calais. Uh, the ground holds 51,000, so it shouldn't be difficult to get a ticket for. Uh, it should be a good little game, that Lille away. Yeah, the uh, campaign starts on the 18th of September with a, a visit from Wolfsburg to Goodison. Thursday, uh, Europa Knights are back. Uh, what an atmosphere that's going to be. Yeah, it will be. It should be, it should be a good game as well. Um, following that, Everton then go out to, to Russia, uh, to Krasnodar. Any blue who makes it to Krasnodar has my utmost respect because it looks like it's going to be a nightmare journey to get there. What is it? Flying into Moscow and then you have to drive 100 miles that right? No, I think from Moscow, if you drive it from Moscow, it's like an 18 hour drive. From It's well more than, a, it's, it's about a thousand miles, I think, from Moscow or something daft. Yeah. Um, I think if you were to drive, to drive to Krasnodar from Liverpool non-stop, it'd take you 48 hours. Nice. Just so, the, just yeah, the, so uh... we, we got, we got to Krasnodar game two, uh, then we're away to Lille match three. Home to Lille match four, sixth uh, of November. Uh, away to Wolfsburg, and then the last game of the group stage, the eleventh of December, is home to Krasnodar. So I'm sure that'll be a, a very cold, miserable Thursday evening in December. It's a shame it's not the other way round, and that Krasnodar home game isn't f- like first up. Uh, sorry, uh, at the away match isn't last, so that you know if we've you know if we've done well. We might be able to not send a couple of players over into a war zone, <laughs> you know, you know, send our twenty-eight million pound striker into a into a war zone. It could be tricky, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the draw itself, uh, I think we've done all right there. You know, I, I think we could very easily finish top of that group. Oh yeah, I mean, we've got we've got nothing to fear from those sides. We. I mean, apart from you know the, the the goals that we've conceded, we're still a good side, and we can score past anyone, and we can score lots past anyone. So, short up the defence. Lille and Wolfsburg will fear Everton more than Everton fear Lille and Wolfsburg. I mean, you know, we talk about Lille being a good side, but their star player is, um, you know, a player that we've been linked to it over the summer, isn't it? So, you know. I forgot his name. 
Yeah. No, the thanks. lad that used to play for the lad that used to play for Chelsea. Yeah, thanks for that. He's gone now, hasn't he? No, he he moved to some moved some. He moved somewhere yesterday. Hello. Solomon Kalou, thank you very much. He moved, he moved yesterday. Did he go to somewhere, did he? Yeah, he moved yesterday, yeah. I can't, because I remember thinking... All right. I think I remember thinking we've dodged a bullet there because he was, you know, he was almost certain to pop up with a goal because we'd been linked with him. So, yeah. Right, right. Uh, and then Wolfsburg star player is none other than Nicholas Bentner. So, I don't think there's much to fear there in all honesty. Oh, you just jinxed us there. Yeah, he's going to get a hat-trick now, Sir Bentner, isn't he? Lord Bentner. Uh, so, you know, yeah, there you go. Uh, news of the week. Have you got any more news to add, Mark? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't think there is anything other than that. Uh, you know, still no news on, on the ground or anything else. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a bit of news today. I went to the Everton shop today. Uh, and I was looking at the shirt. Do you know how much a home shirt is? With like a player's name and number on. Sixty-five pounds. Correct. I thought that was absolutely atrocious. Just get one of those Jag ones from Grady Market and write on the back of it. Oh well, yeah. Oh, didn't we see an Evertonian with like a, a, an Arteta ten shirt on the other day with a crossed out? Crossed out and Lukaku written underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that wraps up the news. Um, we're just going to play you our links now so you can get in touch with us on social media, follow us, all that business. And then uh, be back with uh, Carl from Oz and um, our social media section with your thoughts on the Blues this week. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, so there's some of our links. As I say every week, we are also on Instagram. And I keep saying I'm going to be more active on there. But you know what? It's hard to use Instagram. So I don't know all you, all you youngsters keep on top of it when you're trying to manage Facebook and Twitter and that as well. Um, but we're also on the YNFA app, so thanks for listening on there if you're on there. And we do a YouTube preview each week as well, in, associ- in association with uh, Blue Heart, Blue Soul, who's Everton FC, You're In My Heart, You're In My Soul on Facebook. So go and check them out. Um, but back to Instagram. You know, people take uh, pictures, a lot of holiday pictures on Instagram. And um, some of those pictures... Are in exotic places. Would you like like this little feeder? <laughs> exotic places like where am I? Like, um, I don't know, the, the Caribbean. Yeah, like the Caribbean. Yeah, but um, also uh, in Sydney, Australia. Um, lots of you know nice sights to see down in <laughs> Sydney, Australia. This is the thinnest link we've done so far, this one. Yeah, uh, we, we just, you know, what can you do? Uh, but we're going to go... I think we, what, what we need to do is we need to start explaining to listeners that the whole joke of this part is having the home and away team playing. And we have to try and drag out the link to about the same length as the theme tune. Yeah, and I must say, since we got the extended cut of the home and away theme tune, it's hard to do. 
so I, I, I'm not sure how much longer this joke's going to last, uh, but we hope you enjoy having the home and away theme stuck in your head for the whole week afterwards as much as we do and trying to get Paul Cronin to sing it by <laughs> putting sat- snide little uh, singing behind his ears and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, Carl from Oz is going to give us his thoughts of uh, the blues this week. Uh, from Sydney, Australia. Take it away, Carl. Hey guys, my thoughts on the transfer window are really, really positive. I think that we were in desperate need of strikers. We've signed a uh, 28 million, um, well, it's probably about 24, isn't it, really, in Lukaku. Um, we were screaming out for him and I think he's going to be a brilliant signing and I think we'll make a profit on him down down the tracks as well. Um, that was fantastic. I thought Eto was a brilliant piece of business. Um, I still think he, he's going to be a big part of this season. I think he's going to score a lot of goals and um, really made up with him. Bessage, I've no idea. I've not really seen him, to be honest. Um, you know, he looked, looked all right pre-season. Didn't really think he was that great in the World Cup, but... Um, yeah, it looks look, looks all right. Hopefully, he'll he'll uh, get a few games. Can't seem to get much of a game though if he's not being used as um, you know with with Gibson and what have you around the side. But we'll see. Um, I think the main thing from the transfer window in in general is if you looked at it before it started to after and forget about the stupid Sky Sports rubbish. Um, you know, you'd probably be really happy that we've re-signed. Um, Barkley, Coleman, Stones, etc. So, yeah, really, uh, really positive on the whole with the transfer window. Um, looking at the game on the weekend, I didn't really want to mention it that much before because it was just a typical Everton game. You know, you go to Goodison with a bit of hope, and then that's the kind of stuff that happens to you. You never know where you're at with Everton, do you? Um, must have been a nightmare. It was bad enough staying up till. What was it? 2.30 to watch the blooming thing. Um, can't imagine what it would be like to be at the game. But, um, yeah, first three minutes, just awful. Couldn't believe it. Um, I don't understand why we defend so deep. Um, surely, I mean, I'm not a professional footballer, but surely if I'm an international centre-half I, and I've never played against Diego Costa before, then I'm going to go with him and, and stick with him and, until I understand how quick he is and all the rest of it. I'm just going to sit back as deep as, uh, sorry, and um, push a high line as, as high as um, as Jagielka and, and Distan did. To be honest with you, uh, on those two, I'd love to see Martinez just drop the both of them, play Stones and our cries, and just make a statement. I mean, I, I think Distan's better, the better um, set and a half on form. But um, I'm over um, Jagielka, I really am. I, I think he's had an awful um, few months and Probably need to rest. Um, after the first three minutes, I thought we were great. I thought we played really well. It's some of the best attacking football I've seen Everton play for, for ages. So it's a really weird game because there's lots of positives, but then obviously the obvious negative six goals. Um, I thought uh, McGeady and uh, Messer did well to put the ball in for Morales down the right. Um, I thought the second half was, again, just defending. It was just complete shambles at the back. Um, Costa looked class. If he if he was playing for his, and you know, I think we love him when we really he was an absolute wind up. So, if we played him for that, I thought Fabregas was quality. 
Um, no surprises here, I suppose. But um, no, I was really excited about Eto. Um, thought, you know, the game <laughs> going forward, we were class. At the back, we were awful. I think the formation doesn't help. Um, I think Naismith in there and you know, you've basically got what, four strikers, haven't you? If you count Lukaku and Morales and McGeady and that, so just think we need to either change the personnel or give a bit more protection and change the formation. But um yeah, Chelsea game on the whole, real mixed emotions. Thought we were great going one way and then all foot the back. Um really hope Jagielka gets dropped. Um yeah, two weeks or so we go. I, by the way, I'm Welsh and I don't really care about the England team at the best of times, but how on earth can John Stones get picked if he's not played? He's, I think he's what, played one game at right back. Very strange. Anyway, all the best. Uh, we got a couple, well, a week off, I suppose, and then, it, and then it gets crazy, so hopefully we can sort our defending out. But um, yeah, I think we just need to drop Jaggy Hooker. All right, guys, hope you're well. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks for that, Carl. Um, we'd like to be able to reflect on what you said, but because we're recording on a Tuesday evening and you haven't sent us your clip yet, we're just going to assume that you made more sense than we ever do. Uh, so, cheers for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, I want to guess that he used the word ripper at least once. Ripper? Yeah, could, he could have done. Um, but going on, from, uh, going on from that, it feeds well into our social media section. And um, Mark, you've got a couple of posts that you want to share from this week, so uh, go ahead with that, and then we'll go into our main question. Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, we just throw questions out there for people to answer, but we got a couple of messages due to the Facebook page on Saturday after the game, uh, and uh, the first one was from James Andrews, just his reflection looking back at Chelsea. He said, what a game, you're looking at your champions there for me tonight, I take it he's talking about Chelsea and not Evan. Uh, and the new Mourinho, usually a 3-2, we try to see it out. Uh, but obviously this time he went on. Well played, but woeful defending by both teams. But in the end, Chelsea have got better quality than Everton, and that was the difference. Uh, some teams would have given up at 2-0 down, but we fought, and you can't ask for any more, really. Got to cut these mistakes out and get John Stones in. Do you know what? That lad makes sense. Let's get him on the podcast as well. The other one we got, probably, this lad doesn't actually make as much sense as him, because this is from uh, Benji Byrne, and Benji says, will either Johnny or Mark get on the pitch and swap shirts with Jags and tell him to sit in the stands and pull his head out of his arse? Absolutely shocking. I don't think Benji realises that me and you are both nippy wingers. I used to play centre-back in school, and then I realised I couldn't really tackle. (laughs) So I probably... Like Jags, yeah, fit in well. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. I thought you were going to pick the fact that I described myself as a nippy winger to, to correct then, rather than me saying that you weren't a defender. Well, you know, that's got its own punchline in itself. I don't need to add anything there. Oh, just uh, yeah, just, so, just before you go on so, there, yeah. just before you go on, we also got a tweet off uh, Aunt Ellis uh, saying that they're not better, just better boys should sort out an away trip to Lille or Wolfsburg and um, go on the last with all the lads and record the podcast there as well. So that would be good if we... Well, well, one of the not better, just better 
boys. It's going to Leo, and the other one isn't. Unlucky, Johnny. Yeah, unfortunately, work commitments getting in the way. Stupid term time. Uh, so, I could just phone, a, phone in sick. <laughs> anyway. Um, if, if anyone wants to get on a podcast, though, I will put out on a Facebook page where I am in Leo City Centre um, and come and jump on me and we can uh, get you on the podcast. Yeah, have a sing-song and that. Um, so, to the social media question of the week. Uh, summer transfer window and we're going to give our thoughts on this as well um, are you happy or not so I'm just trying to find it just give me one second like, go on Phil Phil <laughs> Phil's not here anyway um, so just talking about that uh, and I, I was going to add on to this you know uh, the players we signed up uh, we signed up to long term deals the youngsters we had uh so I can stop filling now, right? The youngsters we had, etc. You know, and we signed them up. Players we brought in, blah blah blah. No big players going out. I was going to add all that, but then I, I wanted to leave that for your reflection. So here it is, Mark. You're going to go through it because I, I I can't access it at the moment. Yeah, uh, the first one that we got was from Luke Jackson. He says, "I think we paid ten million over the odds for Lukaku, and we should have got a defender." I'm moderately happy. Um, Roger Price uh, again sort of follows up on that he says I'm quite happy wanted another defender though uh, Joe McKenna made up we never got cleverly uh, quite quick and, and to the point um, Jenny Pilmer says I'm happy some great signings our defence will come good Stones needs to be playing more and it's time we spent some money Bill obviously backs uh, Roberto and that in itself is enough for me. Um, John Little says, We never lost anybody and brought perfect mixture of youth, talent and experience. Best window we've had in a very long time. think our expectations of what we were able to bring in has gone right up. Maybe a bit too much now, as it seems we were still expecting more. We're Everton have done better than we've done in previous years is in this window. Uh, I'm over the goddamn moon. I think it's about time we had a decent one. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else. Um, uh, Bernadette Cranny, I'm happy. We didn't sell any of our players. I've got a great front line, creative wingers, solid midfield, right and left backs, uh, best in the league. Only problem at the moment are Jackson Distant, who are off the pace. I like, hold on, so, I like that. Off the pace is such a better way of putting it than finished unfit or out of form I think is a better way of putting it than saying they're finished and need to be jibbed off you know sorry go on uh, the last one Daniel Parkinson uh, happy with our attacking options but very concerned about our midfield and defence I definitely think Cleverly and Alderweireld would have provided uh, a major difference with depth and quality Jackson Distan won't be challenged by Stones or Alcaraz this year so no drive to improve from now, unfortunately. Hmm, interesting. So, uh, what what are your initial thoughts on the transfer window, the summer window? I can't remember a, a better window for Everton. You know, a long time. You could probably say maybe that you know the January transfer window, that time when we got uh, Gibson and Yelovich and 
we bought somebody else in that window as well, didn't we? Yeah. I can't I remember who. It was, not. was it Morales? Was it was it Pinar coming back? Uh, Mike, yeah, I think it was Pinar coming back. Yeah, um, you know that that window gave us a booster and what we needed at that time and brought three players in so that was a decent window for us and obviously you know Jelovic was a, an instant hit wasn't he for the, the first sort of half a season so um, I mean this tops that easily by a mile you'd look at who we brought in we signed Lukaku for a club record fee £28 million some people might say we've overpaid that was his price we went out we made a statement we bought him you know, we needed them. We needed the centre forward. We were a better team with them last season than we were without them. Um, so that's all you can ask for. And let's face it, we're not spending our own money out of our own pocket, are we? It's it's, it's the club's money, and they decide whether they can afford them or not. Um, you know, Eto, I think is going to be a great buy uh, or, or a great pick up on, on a free transfer, however you want to look at it. Um, you know, I think Besicuk will, will be a good player. So. Uh, and obviously we, we signed Gareth Barry as well so uh, and on top of that we've tied off nearly every player that we didn't have tied down to a long term contract so for me it's been brilliant and just the fact that we didn't sell anyone as well at, at Everton that, that's always a winner Yeah I think a lot of people saying we spent over the odds on Lukaku but some people are saying that you know from all the money we got in we didn't spend enough that 28 million for Lukaku is spread over four years or whatever, so it's not a real twenty-eight million pound fee. He's still going to be paid that fee. Twenty-eight million isn't twenty-eight million. It's around forty-six million. If you look at what that deal breaks down, if he's on seventy seventy thousand a week, um, you know, over five years or whatever it is, that's another eighteen million on top of that twenty-eight million fee. That's without a signing on fee. That's without bonuses. So you're looking around fifty million for that deal in itself. And yet I have had my calculator out today. So if you look at thirty thousand season tickets, that that equates to about I can't remember how much that equates to, but it's only about like fifteen million from you know, off the top of my head. Um so if you look on top of that, if you look on top of the deal for Eto and Gareth Barry, they might be free signings, but they're not gonna sign for nothing as well. They're gonna be on good wages. With a signing on fee, you know it, it's it's not. We haven't just spent that twenty eight million and the four million for Bessage. All those fees have got to come on top somewhere else. So I, I'd, I'd be surprised if we haven't spent around seventy million. When you look at it like that. Yeah, I mean the, the thing that gets me is I, I sometimes think people just want us to buy people for the sake of it. You know, not buying people to improve. And, I, you know, I mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the Chelsea game. I, I, you know, I don't see the point in just going out and just buying any old centre-half because the fans want one. Let's buy players that improve us and make us a better team. And you have a look around that transfer deadline day. Tell me one centre-half that moved. It was better than Jagielka or this, that. Well, I mean, that, that's the argument, isn't it? They're going on current form and everyone's saying Jags and Distan are finished. And it's it is a fickle way of looking at it because you know ten goals to concede obviously isn't good enough, but why can't he just be dropped until or one of them come out to the side and then regain the form instead of just completely like getting them hung, drawn, and quartered and shipped off in boxes somewhere? You know, it's 
you know, the, the, that's our club captain. Why can't we get behind him? All right, he might need a rest. He might. He didn't have the best World Cup. Um, and he, 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 but he's going to come good, isn't he? It's a bit of short, shortage of confidence. Get Stones in. Get him working hard on the training ground. And then he'll come back in ready to go. Makes sense to me. You know, if all these brilliant centre-halves were available, I'm sure Man United would be buying them, wouldn't he? So, they're just, the players just aren't out there to buy, you know. The likes of Alderweireld and that. He's obviously moved to a club where he thinks he's going to play every week. And that, that's, you know, that's what loans is about, isn't it? Especially at that level when you come from a team like Atletico. You go to, to, to play week in, week out. He wouldn't play week in, week out at Everton. So it's the whole sort of like Delafeu argument from last last season where, you know, the Enrique's come out now and said Everton wasted Delafeu last season because they didn't play him week in, week out. Well, I think that's why we're not taking players on loan as we did last season. The other, I mean, the other problem is um, with regards to the centre-backs who we were linked with or people wanted us to go out and buy. Ashley Williams, who's like Swansea's club captain, is going to, you know, being rated at 20 million by them, which a more realistic fee is probably about 10 million. But it's 10 million on a defender when we've got, on the form last season, three of the best centre-backs in the country. And so 10 million, which we haven't got. Secondly, Ryan Shawcross, who's rated at 8 million, who, again, is he's Stokes club captain, isn't he? So these players aren't going to be just let out. You know, by sides who are also battling for their lives in the Premier League. So, well, you know, it's 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 just realistic expectations, and we I think we all wanted a centre back in just to shore up the defence and add a, that little bit of extra competition. But you know, it's not like we've got the worst defenders in the league. There, they're just out of out of form a little bit. Just you know, who said? You know, we we could have went out and signed Vincent Company. He has stinkers. He could come in and have you know a bit of bad form. So I don't know. I don't want to get any high horse about it. I you know I agree with you. I think it's the best transfer window we've had. You know Samuel Eto'o and Lukaku. You know world record world uh, sorry broken our transfer record and signed you know one of the, the the best players in the world over the last ten years. You know what what else can you add to that? It's just it shows Everton are back on the world stage. Do you know what I'm a little bit disappointed about? You know, obviously with our knowledge of the loan market and, and our loan dealings last season, I can't understand why we didn't get that Falcao lad on a, on a loan, seeing he was available for loan. Yeah, on a, what, five million a week or whatever, whatever he was on. Well, the whole loan deal, they reckon they're going to cost someone in the region of 26 million quid, don't they? Hey, do you know what? If you know, Man United have got that though, haven't they? Like we said last week when he signed Di Maria, 59.7 million. <laughs> Go on. They need an instant fit now to try and get them back in the Champions League, don't they? So they, they, that's the gamble for them. But obviously, you know, with the, the the revenue streams they've got, with you know, eighty million pound kit deals and you know, sixty million pound sponsorship deals, then it's a it's a drop in the ocean for them, isn't it? Really. It's funny though. You saw it on Twitter today. All people's uh, suggested lineups uh, for United this season, and it, uh, from now on, it was De Gea in goal. In defence was Phil Jones, and then. It was Mata, <laughs> Di Maria, Van Persie, Falcao, Rooney, Young, uh, and Welbeck when Welbeck was still there. And it's um, and the other, the other ones were Rojo, uh, Shaw, and someone else. And then 
the same kind of thing, just playing on how many forwards they've got, and he still got didn't go and get like this, you know, stand up. They got Daily Blind today, didn't they? Yeah, sorry, yesterday as well. So yeah, was was Fellini not on any of them lineups then? Funnily enough, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you know, our, our friend Big Mo's got another season of sitting on the bench there, by the looks of it. He'll probably be uh, shipped out in January on loan, at least. I'd imagine maybe back to Everton. Don't know. Um, uh, I think that ship sailed somehow. Yeah. So anyway, you know, you got to be you got to be happy with that transfer window. You know, as one of the uh, the people who wrote in said. The expectations maybe got a little bit high and a little bit out of hand, and we were thinking that Bill was, you know, going to, you know, t- Bill turned into Hugh Hefner throwing money around, and um, I don't know, it wasn't going to happen, though, was it? If if we were going to sign one, it was going to be someone on the cheap or on loan, and yeah, they're just not there. So I'm happy. I'm not happy about our, you know, shipping goals, but I'm happy with our transfer window. And I'm confident that will come good. Yes, so, uh, you know, that's pretty much it, I think, for this week's podcast, isn't it? No game to look forward to, obviously, because it's flipping international week. So, um, it's a bit too early to predict the, the possible line-up for West Brom away, I think. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll so, be back with a round-up, though, next week. Yeah, I mean, I think England are playing... Friday, Monday or something, it, it changed all the way the international fixtures for now, because there's going to be games every single night of the week, it's called like a, you know, a week of football, well, some rubbish anyway, but, uh, you know, so, yeah, uh, we'll try and recap as many of the uh, international blues as we can on next week's podcast, uh, and we'll look forward to West Brom next week as well. Yep, so, yep, as Mark said, that's pretty much it. Do the usual rundown of thanking everyone for listening on SoundCloud. If you listen on SoundCloud and have an Apple device, go and sub- subscribe to us on iTunes. And also, we did put a bonus one up last week on iTunes, which was um, something we've been doing in association with YNFA. It was just a ge- uh, general Premier League podcast. So let us know what you think about that. We're not going to do one this week because obviously there's no, no games to look forward to. Um, but let us know what you think and we'll keep putting that up if you want it. Uh, it had a few good few hits, so uh, you know, let us know. Uh, thanks for listening on YouTube as you do usually, uh, and also thanks for subscribing on iTunes. We had some nice reviews, so nice one. Um, that's it. Hopefully, this time, well, by the time we're looking ahead to the next game, we'll have, have a, a solid defence and uh, be looking forward to taking our first three points of the season. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the, the, hopefully the, the partnerships will have reconnected. Jags and Distant will be back together, and me and Johnny will be back together in the same room rather than me sounding like a robot. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you all next week.